All you need to know about the Colts in one place. The Colts Daily Update starts now. Here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Good evening on this Thursday. Welcome into the Colts Daily Update here on the home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, we're live here at Grand Park. Matt Taylor with J.J. Stangovitz from Colts.com, senior writer, and the Colts got in some more good work today. They practice from noon until about 1.20, 1.30-ish, and then they'll have the day off tomorrow. That's Friday for travel purposes to get on the Big Bird to head to Buffalo and get ready to take on the Buffalo Bills on Saturday at 4 o'clock in the first preseason game for both teams. Kickoff is set for 4, and you can hear it right here on the home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, J.J., we're two and a half weeks into training camp. There's still two more weeks after this, but it feels like we've been at this for like six months. Yeah, and it feels like the the first preseason game kind of snuck up on us, too, right? Where you know you, you get into the routine of training camp, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're playing a game. We're playing a game on Saturday, actual live Colts football, where right. no red jerseys, no thudding, no thumping. It is full on tackling. Uh, a game for a roster that has a lot of young guys on it. Tons. Uh, a lot of undrafted free agents, a lot of rookies, mm-hmm. a lot of first, second, third-year players uh, means a lot to these guys mm-hmm. to show they can go out and execute, they can be on their assignments, not have mental errors, and show that it's not too big for them. All right, we're going to talk about all of that. Again, it's, you know, you're talking about guys like Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods and Bernard Ryman. All of those guys are going to get their first taste of NFL action come Saturday. But the depth chart, with this being a game week, the depth chart is out. Any surprises to you in terms of where some of those young guys, rookies, land on the list? I mean, I don't think it's a surprise on any of these just because we've watched what practices. But, you know, the one that probably you would notice is Nick Cross being the, the starting strong safety, the number one there over veteran Rodney McLeod. But again, it's not surprising because we've seen we've seen Nick Cross out here make a lot of plays, show his physicality, his athleticism, his speed. Whereas Rodney Cla- Rodney McLeod started camp on the pup list, and he he's kind of slowly worked his way back into being full go. It wasn't an immediate come off pup and then get in uh, full go into practice. So that that's probably the one that I, I think most people would have noticed. But other than that. You know, no, no real surprises out there. By the way, good composure out of you right now because as you are talking, rain is dripping on you. Uh, the computers are getting wet. Your notes are getting soggy over here. I'm it just is, a pro over here. It is, it is pouring rain up here at Grand Park on the practice field <laughs> underneath the media tent as we, uh, as we do this daily update. Uh, the Colts, as we know, they're going to play the starters for about a quarter, and now it's really, really coming down, <laughs> as you can hear. <laughs> it's like that scene from Forrest Gump. You know, like it was like Caddyshack. Rain's coming in every Uh, direction. Stuff's not going to come down for quite some time. Um, But at any rate, Matt Ryan is he's going to play for about a quarter. Some of those starters are going to play for about a quarter, depending on how the the plays go, the series go, how things line up. Some guys will play more. Some guys will play less. Some guys may not play at all. I.e., Jonathan Taylor. But but what is the goal from the Colts? when it comes to frontline players getting action in that first quarter on Saturday? Well, I think it starts, Mete, from the fact that when you haven't won your preseason opener in nine years, you, you do need to try some things that are different. You do need to try to see if, hey, maybe this is the thing that our team needs. Maybe they, they need a uh, you know a little bit of live action. That first hit needs to come earlier than week one. Maybe you see if that's the case. Uh, I think it's interesting, though, for different guys on this team, the, the need for this game is different. For instance, Frank Reich was talking about for Paris Campbell and Tyquan Lewis, two guys uh, who are coming off injuries. Tyquan probably will not play in this game. Um, but for Paris Campbell, 
Frank Reich said, Paris, you know, for, for him, we're kind of getting him out there for his own sake to get out there and say, hey, you know, I am back to 100%. I can go out there and make plays after everything he's been through. The same will go for Julian Blackman, who will be out there as well after he tore his Achilles last October. Uh, but then for other guys, you know, for a guy like Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, does he need to take the hit? Does Jonathan Taylor, do, you know, like Frank said, do you, 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 need, you need to weigh the benefit of taking that hit versus the one in a million chance that something bad happens. And for a guy like Jonathan Taylor, maybe you'll see them lean toward that risk outra- sure. outweighs the reward, where for other guys, it, again, if you are eyeing a fast start to the season, which, again, has not happened in quite some time, maybe it is beneficial for them to go out there and do that. There's also a kicking battle. We saw it play out today. More field goal work from Rodrigo Blankenship and Jake Verdi today during special teams opportunities during practice. How would you assess how that is going? Who might have the leg up, no pun intended? And how much will the games, those preseason games, will those weigh heavily more so than what we see in practice? Yeah, I think probably you you put a little more emphasis on the games just because I'm guessing the heart rate's a little bit higher for these guys when you're lining up to, to make a kick, you know, at Highmark Stadium or Lucas Oil Field as opposed right. to out here at Grand Park. Um, you know, I think right now you probably still say Rodrigo has the edge. He's the incumbent. Um, I wouldn't expect that anything would have changed over the first couple of weeks of camp based on what we heard from Frank Reich before camp, which is, again, that Rodrigo had the the, the advantage there. But, again, the, the games are going to matter in this case. You know, right. can you go out there? Can you hit your kicks in the games? Can you execute in the games? Um, you know, Jake Verity's a kid who's got a big leg. He spent he spent most of last season on the Baltimore Ravens practice squad, which has been kind of a, a feeder of kickers around the NFL. Will Lutz in New Orleans is one of those guys recently. Um, you know, that's definitely something you're going to want to keep an eye on, though, in this preseason game against Buffalo and then the next two. Just because, again, if you if you see guys missing, that could then open the door for there to – be a change at kicker potentially or for Rodrigo Blankenship to lock down right. that that kicking job pretty quickly into camp. Well, everybody says Rodrigo Blankenship, the knock on him is is the distance. So far in practice, he's, he hit a, he he's hit connecting a, from 50-plus. He hit a 56-yarder today. Mm-hmm. That that was a very impressive kick for sure, yeah. And I think he takes umbrage to that. We've talked about that oh, this yeah, entire yeah. offseason. I think he's a little PO'd that people think that he can't do that. He did that in college. He just hasn't had too many opportunities here with Here's the Colts. The, the other thing, just real quick on that, is some kickers, the, the distance comes a little bit later. I think I think it was Robbie Gold, who's one of the best kickers in the NFL. He's been that way for 15 years, but I don't think he made a 50-yard field goal the first couple of years of his career. And then all of a sudden, now you trust Robbie Gold to go out there and hit a 55-yard field goal at the game on the line. Like, you know, it's no right. one's business. So confidence some, level's high. Right. Confidence level comes. You, you learn some things about your operation, your mechanics, and maybe right. it'll come. But I, I don't think that's an issue for Hot Rod right now. All right. Now. Weather update. The rain has subsided, so that cell that was over Graham Park has, has since moved on Shout here to the to South. Shout out to that cell for waiting until practice <laughs> ended, by the way. That was great. Right during the daily update, too, which is fantastic. Hopefully I have a towel here to wipe everything down once we're done. Um, but let's talk about camp sleepers. Two and a half weeks in, ten practices in, going into the first preseason game. Give me some guys that are popping that weren't necessarily on your radar to start camp. So uh, undrafted linebacker JoJo Doman, yep. if I'm saying that last yep. name correctly, uh, he's made a number of plays. He had an interception today. Uh, it's a really sticky coverage on Jelani Woods. Kind of tipped the ball to himself, knocked it in the air, and and had an interception. He's someone, you know, before training camp started, I kind of had circled in my notes uh, him and Sterling Weatherford, the local kid from Cicero here, kind of fitting a certain body type that Gus Bradley has had in his defense before. It's the, the safety turn linebacker or linebacker turn safety 
body type. We're sort of maybe that tweener in terms of in terms of size, but both these guys have top level athleticism, and they kind of fit a role that this guy Divine Diablo, who played for the Raiders last year as a rookie, I think he was a six round pick out of Virginia Tech, kind of similar in body type mm-hmm. to him, and he played quite a few snaps for the Raiders defense last year. Those guys are, are having really solid camps, really strong camps so far if you're looking from the undrafted free agent pool. It's not a surprise, but Ashton Doolin's made a number of plays out here. Uh, it looks like he's really ascending into that role that you know the, the Colts have talked about for him for a couple of years now that they think he can be a, a real weapon in this offense. His body control looks really good on some of these catches, some of these you know, where, where Nick Foles is pushing the ball downfield a right. bit. You see some catch and runs from him where he shows off his speed. Sure, um, He's been someone who's definitely stood out. And, hey, Nick Foles said on, uh, on Wednesday that some of the stuff Ashton Doolin does, he's only seen a handful of guys do in his career. Wow. That's and Nick Foles has been in the NFL for about 10 years yeah, now. He's so won a Super Bowl. Pretty high praise. Indeed. Leading into that game, JJ, as we close out, what are you writing about on the website going into Buffalo? So I've, I've been asking around on this story for a little bit, but the Colts' offensive line, knock on wood, has been together throughout camp. That since first May. Team, since yeah. May. They, they have not had guys coming in and out. You've had guys who are healthy. And last year, I think kind of a sneaky – aspect to why the Colts got off to the slow start was, I mean, look at all the guys who were in and out during camp. From left to right, Eric Fisher didn't participate in camp. Quentin Nelson had the, the foot issue that knocked him out for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Ryan Kelly had a hyperextended elbow. Uh, Mark Lewinsky was in there. Braden Smith, uh, And then yeah. Braden Smith was in and out right. during camp. So everybody. And so pretty much, you know, four <laughs> of the five guys. And for an, even for an offensive line that had been together for so long, right. there are just different nuances to, to learning about learning how to trust the guy next to you. And, you know, what, what Ryan Kelly said is that th- being together allows him to challenge each other. It allows him to challenge Quentin Nelson and Quentin Nelson to challenge him and vice versa right. to get better. And he said last year we were missing that a little bit, that we weren't able to challenge each other as much as we would like. Now, again, you're seeing that. I think this game for the Colts against the Bills, if the offensive line does play together for call it a series – that, again, that just kind of elevates that and allows you to challenge each other based on the film. Right. Um, but I've been really impressed with this offensive line so far. They've had a real tough challenge against a defensive line that I think could be a strength of this team mm-hmm. with the, the addition of Unique Ngakwe, the, some of the play we've seen from, uh, from DeForest Buckner, Quiddy Pay, those guys. Yeah. Uh, they've held their own. They've looked pretty good. And that, that's, a, that's a unit that if you want to start fast again, you would love to have that cohesion right. all throughout. Camp. Yeah, especially after what happened last year. The Colts used 10 different offensive right. line starting lineup yep. combinations. All right, good stuff right there. That's J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. Check out his work all week long, all camp long, all season long on the website and the Colts mobile app. It's the Colts and Bills Saturday preseason opener. Kickoff is set for four. Coverage here on the fan begins at one with the Colts pregame huddle. And that'll do it for us tonight on a weird weather day. It started <laughs> off gray and rainy, and now the sun's coming out. Maybe a rainbow overhead. We'll have to check it out. But for JJ, I'm Matt Taylor. Instant replay is next. You're the home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.